0: Thursday, October 25th, 2018. You are listening to the Daily Dose Sports Podcast, and I am your host, Clint Daly, coming to you from the Mile High City right here in Denver, Colorado. And you know, if you are tired of the same old sports talk, you're sick of the arguments and the goofy callers that don't know how to turn down the radio before they call into the show, hang out here for a while. You're going to like it a little bit better. You know, we talk sports with a dose of common sense. We'd much rather just laugh at the sports world a lot of it is actually pretty funny we are happy to have you here with us today happy thursday to you you know i hope your week is going well we are making our way through the week the weekend is now slowly coming into view and that is always a very good thing so here's a little bit of an odd one for you today october 25th is chucky the killer doll day hi i'm chucky wanna play did any of you watch the chucky child's play movies He's some dumb little kid's doll that comes to life and goes crazy and I don't know, kills people or whatever. I think that I watched maybe one of those movies and I couldn't figure out for the life of me why someone didn't just punt the thing across the room. I mean, it's like a foot tall. Who cares? Of course, now when we think of Chucky, anything about Chucky, what's the first thing we think of? Yeah, we think of John Gruden, the head coach of the Oakland Raiders. How's that going, by the way? How's John Gruden doing? I know Raiders fans were super pumped to get Chucky back in Oakland. How's that going now? Like, is the bloom already sort of off of that rose? Are you ready to go in a new direction already, Raiders fans? Like, are you sitting there saying, yeah, you know, it sounded good at the time. Now I'm starting to rethink this. Doesn't seem like the best idea. Not sure if it's working out. I mean, the Raiders are I don't know, totally going into rebuild mode. They're dumping salaries. Khalil Mack, gone. Amari Cooper, gone. There is even talk that maybe the Raiders would move on from quarterback Derek Carr. And then you have Raiders players saying that John Gruden is totally blindsiding them on these moves. Not even telling them what is happening. They're having to find out about the moves through the media. So today, on Chucky the Killer Doll Day, I just kind of wonder how that whole thing is going with Gruden in Oakland. Chucky, the doll might give some people nightmares it didn't really do anything to me, but I'm wondering if John Gruden, the real life Chucky is giving both Raiders players and Raiders fans even more nightmares because I'm not sure that that's going well. We'll see how it ends up when he goes to Vegas. Maybe he just has a whole brand new team. I don't know. Going to be interesting to keep an eye on. If you'd like to contact the show, And let us know how you think the Raiders will most likely botch all those draft picks they're getting. We would love to hear from you. You can email us, dailydosports at gmail.com or go reach out to us over on Facebook or Twitter. Both of those handles are at Daily Dosports. Got a suggestion? Got a comment? Maybe you have a subject you would like us to cover? Reach out. We would love to hear from you. We've got a lot to get to today. We do have a few stories coming out in the world of sports that I want to discuss. And as we do on most Thursdays, we will have a few sports media overreactions of the week because it seems like every single week we are being told things by the sports media. On Thursday, we like to look a little closer at some of these things, see if they actually make any sense. It's rare that they do, but we like to at least check in. We've got a lot to get to today on The Daily Dose. Let's jump in right now. You know, the big news coming out yesterday was actually in College Hoops where a jury convicted the three defendants accused of pay-for-play schemes that influenced high-profile basketball recruits to attend the University of Kansas, Louisville, and North Carolina State. Adidas employee James Gatto, former Adidas consultant Merle Code, and Christian Dawkins, a former runner for NBA agent Andy Miller, were all found guilty on felony charges of wire fraud and conspiracy to commit wire fraud after a three-week criminal trial in federal court back in New York. The three were accused of paying money from Adidas to the families of recruits to ensure that they would sign with Adidas-sponsored schools, and then that they would sign with the sneaker company and certain financial planners and agents once they reach the professional ranks. Now, of course, this is a violation of federal law. But when you hear this, and I know you started to hear some of this late yesterday, and the first question that we all have is this, okay, well, what does it mean for college hoops? Like, how is it going to affect March Madness this year, right? That's the only thing we really care about, isn't it? Well, I'll tell you how it's going to affect College Hoops this year. Probably not at all. But here is where it could affect College Hoops eventually, because these three aren't going to be sentenced until March. So that does give them some time. But here is the one thing to kind of keep in the back of your mind. If these three take a plea deal in return for giving up some information about some major universities or some coaching staffs or some players. Yeah, do you see where I'm going here? Then we might see a few schools pooping their collective pants. Right now, all we're hearing is the schools trying to spin, hey, this verdict just shows how we're innocent in all of this. This was all just the sneaker companies trying to throw dirty money at kids. Yeah, I'm sure You didn't do a single thing. I'm sure you're completely innocent in all of it. Hey, you better hope you are because if these three people that have now been found guilty do have some evidence about you look out because in the spring, maybe, you know, just after March madness, we could start to get some serious, serious things coming out. Then that's, what's going to be interesting to watch. Other than that, is it going to affect college hoops this year? No, probably not. Last night in Major League Baseball, the Boston Red Sox took game two of the World Series over the Los Angeles Dodgers. They came up with a big fifth inning to get the four to two win. They are now up to nothing in the World Series. Honestly, I'm watching these games. And again, it's not that the Dodgers are playing poorly. It is just that the Red Sox seem to have an answer for everything, even When the Dodgers do something well, the Red Sox just answer. Even when the Red Sox do get themselves in a jam, they somehow get out of it. Now, the series does shift to Los Angeles beginning on Friday, and they will be playing in L.A. for the next three games. So no, the World Series is not over. But wow, Boston is going to be tough for the Dodgers to beat even once right now, let alone for the Dodgers to somehow win four of the next five. Yeah, that's going to be an uphill battle. Not sure the Dodgers are going to be up to that. No, it's not over. But wow, after the first two games, it's heading in that direction. Switching over to the NFL, you know, it seems we've got ourselves a fire sale. And no, I'm not going to play some sort of a fire engine siren in the background right now while I'm talking. I know some of you might be driving. I can't stand when that happens. I start checking the rear view mirror. I about crash just because I heard it. So no, I'm not going to play that. But, The New York Giants seem to be having a fire sale. The Giants made their second high-profile trade in as many days. On Wednesday, they sent run-stuffing defensive tackle Damon Harrison to the Detroit Lions for a fifth-round draft pick. Now remember, that comes less than 24 hours after the Giants traded starting cornerback Eli Apple, who was a former first-round pick. They trade him to the Saints For a fourth round pick in 2019 and a seventh round pick in 2020. Now, you look at the Giants and I'm not sure they're done. Like Harrison and Apple are gone. The Giants may still be making more moves because they're in last place and it doesn't look like they're going anywhere fast. So you have to start wondering, are the Giants just going to go full rebuild mode? We're just going to tear everything down. Just start over. We've got a good young running back in Saquon Barkley. And I don't know, I guess we'll start putting together some pieces after that. The one person I wonder if they would move. Is there a team out there in the NFL somewhere that maybe is struggling with their quarterback position and maybe has Tom Coughlin in their front office, a guy who has worked with Eli Manning in the past? I don't know. I'm just saying, couldn't you see the Giants maybe making a move and sending Eli Manning down to Jacksonville? It's not like the Jags don't need a quarterback. I don't know if Eli Manning has anything left. I'm not saying he does. Just saying I'm not sure if the Giants are completely done. They might not be. Hey, coming back, before we get to some overreactions of the week, you know, the Major League Baseball season is nearly over. We are now two games into the World Series. But if we were looking back over this Major League Baseball season, who are some of the biggest surprises? And who are some of the biggest disappointments that we have seen? Got a few of those coming back. So before we get to some overreactions of the week, I did want to talk just a little bit of Major League Baseball, because like I said, we are now two games into the World Series, the regular season is over, the postseason is winding down, but looking back on the season, and we think back to when the season started, I don't know, 10 months ago, seems like these seasons last forever, but who are the teams that maybe we were surprised by? Maybe they were a little bit better than we thought they would be, and who are the teams that we're just disappointed by? Maybe they didn't quite live up to the hype. Maybe they weren't quite as good as we thought they were going to be. Let's take a look at some surprises and some disappointments from the season in Major League Baseball. And you know, when I look at Major League Baseball this season, the first thing that stood out to me going into the year, and we talked about it here on The Dose, was how stacked the American League was with the Boston Red Sox, with the Houston Astros, with the New York Yankees. And then we looked over at the National League and we said, okay, well, who do they have? You've got the Dodgers. And then after that, I, I don't know, maybe the Chicago Cubs. Well, if I was going to hand out a surprise, I'd probably be giving one to the Milwaukee Brewers. They are the smallest market team in the league. Who saw them winning 96 games this year? They take a far more talented Los Angeles Dodgers team to game seven in the NLCS. Again, That was a pleasant surprise. I'm not sure anyone had Milwaukee going that far. The Milwaukee Brewers were a definite surprise this year. I'm going to give a disappointment and it's not a huge disappointment, but it is a slight one because it is hard to be too down about what the New York Yankees did this last year. They did still win a hundred games, but with that lineup, having Aaron Judge, having Giancarlo Stanton, weren't we kind of expecting the Yankees to go all the way to the World Series, possibly even win the thing. Instead, we saw the Yankees have to play for the wild card. And they went out in the division series getting beat 3-1. to Now, the Yankees are still young. And like I said, this wasn't a monumental disappointment by any means. But I do think they probably fell a little bit short of expectations when we looked at that lineup, when we looked at all the talent, when we looked at the money they were spending. I think people were probably expecting... Just a little bit more from the New York Yankees. Again, not a huge disappointment, but a little bit of a disappointment there. I'm going to give a surprise to a team that had an over under from the Las Vegas Superbook Westgate of 75 and a half wins. Yeah, they exceeded those expectations. The Oakland A's not only made the wild card game, I'm not sure anyone expected that, they were actually in the AL West divisional race against the defending World Series champion Houston Astros until the very end. Oakland won 97 games this year. Hey, they've got a good young bullpen. Oakland A's might be around for a while. If they can hold on to a few pieces, that could be a good young team for the next few years. I've got to give a disappointment though, and I'm going to stay over in the American League. Hey, it's not that any of us thought the Baltimore Orioles were going to be a playoff contender. I don't even know that we thought they'd be a decent team. I think everyone probably thought, eh, they'll probably be around 500, maybe a little above, maybe a little below. The Baltimore Orioles won 47 games. I mean, like I said, I think we expected average, maybe pretty bad, I don't know, 65, 70 wins. 47 games? You couldn't even break the 50-win mark? That means the Baltimore Orioles won 29% of their games. In fact, only one other team in the divisional era has been that bad. Back in 2003, the Detroit Tigers won just 43 games. Right now in Baltimore, they go ahead and deal Manny Machado to L.A. There's not a whole lot to feel good about. This is going to be a massive rebuild job, and they could be stuck in some really, really dark, unpleasant times. The Orioles don't have a whole lot to feel great about right now. They definitely get a disappointment this year. I'm going to give a final surprise this year, pleasant surprise, to a team in the National League. You know, over the past few seasons, we are just so used to kind of penciling in either the New York Mets or the Washington Nationals for the NL East. Every single year, The last few seasons, it's going to probably be the Nationals, and maybe the Mets push them just a little bit. Again, this season, that's what everyone looked at. In fact, most everyone picked our final surprise team, the Atlanta Braves. They're probably going to finish dead last in that division. If not last, near the bottom. Instead, the Atlanta Braves have a good, young team, capable of scoring runs. They win 96 games. They ran away with the NL East. It wasn't even close. Hey, again, talked about Oakland a little bit. The Atlanta Braves have a pretty bright future. If they can keep that nucleus intact, that is a good young baseball team. Really like what the Atlanta Braves did. And speaking of those Washington Nationals, I'm going to give one final disappointment. Yeah, if there is a bigger disappointment this year in Major League Baseball, then the Washington Nationals, I don't know who it is. The Nationals are were expected not only to be a contender in the NL East, they were expected to be a contender in the National League. Again, when we looked at this season, we looked at the National League, we said, okay, Dodgers, maybe Cubs, I don't know, maybe Nationals. I mean, Bryce Harper is basically in a contract year. We're going to see what he's going to do. Yeah, the Nationals completely fell off. They barely finished above 500 this year, and Bryce Harper didn't play that well. And he's going to be a free agent very soon. The season could not have gone much worse for the Washington Nationals than it did. When you look at that team and the talent that they have had, the pitchers they have had, a young, talented player like Bryce Harper, they haven't done anything with it. They have nothing whatsoever to show from it. They never even won a playoff series. And now, I mean, it kind of looks like the Washington Nationals are probably just going to go away. Not a good season for the Washington Nationals. Okay, so let's switch over and discuss a few of the biggest sports media overreactions that we have had this week. You know, sometimes I wish that the sports media world wasn't just saying things that I don't even know if they believe, but they're doing it to get clicks. They're doing it hoping just to kind of generate some buzz. They come out with these hot takes half the time that don't even make sense. And on Thursdays, we like to take a little bit of a closer look and see if some of the silly things they're talking about make any sense. Maybe there's A little bit of truth there. Or maybe there's no truth to it whatsoever. I don't know what we're yelling about! So today, let's take a look and see what silly overreactions the sports media world might be jamming down our throat this week. And let's get started in the NBA. Now, I know the season is just barely underway. I realize that. But we're already getting a lot of overreactions. And no surprise, most of those overreactions involve LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers. Of course, they've started off slow, but one of the biggest things we've heard is after that fight against the Houston Rockets, and we saw the suspension of Brandon Ingram, and of Rajon Rondo, and the losses, the Los Angeles Lakers are a mess, and they are done. We can already declare this a disaster. Hey, there's no question this has been a rough start for LeBron James. There's no question this has been a rough start for the Los Angeles Lakers. The losses... The shooting, the failing of LeBron James to deliver in the clutch, the big fight, the suspensions, the defense, all of it. Bad, 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 and bad. See, a slow start is not good for a young team. And you do have kind of a weird mix of personalities on this team. You have a group of veterans that looks at the slow start and says, okay, no big deal. You also have a group of young players that looks at this and goes, wow, the sky is falling. What do we do? What is wrong with us? We got to change this up. We got to fix things. But when I look at this situation right now for the Los Angeles Lakers, I think it's just a matter of your perspective as to whether or not you think this Lakers situation is a complete disaster or not. If you are looking at the Lakers this year, and I know a lot of people are, as maybe a top three seed in the West that can contend with the Warriors, that can contend with the Rockets, that can be a legitimate player this year right now in the Western Conference, then yes. It is a disaster. It's a complete mess. You're going to be disappointed. This team can't shoot. This team can't play defense. When LeBron does drive and kick, he doesn't really have any shooters that are going to knock down shots. I'll give them this. They play hard, but they're just not very good. And a lot of these young guys, they still don't understand how to play at an NBA level every single night. As a result, yes, you're going to be disappointed. But here's the thing I've been saying since this whole thing went down with LeBron James going to LA. This team is not built to win this year already. They need to bring in a couple other players. They need some shooting. They need some big men. Tell me the player right now in the Los Angeles Lakers that can truly defend. More specifically, that can defend someone over 6'8". Who do they have? No one. Don't tell me Brandon Ingram. Don't tell me LeBron James. That's silly. And don't tell me JaVale McGee. When you are playing an Anthony Davis, when you are playing a Nikola Jokic, when you are playing a Boogie Cousins, the Lakers don't have anyone to match up with those guys. They do need another player. But here's the thing about the Lakers. I actually think, unless they just hit the panic button, and I don't think they're going to, they can get this ship righted over the next few months again, it's not about this season. I know that there are going to be a number of Laker fans looking at the Lakers right now, and they're going to say, hey, we've seen LeBron in Cleveland. Sometimes his teams kind of start slow. They struggle all the way through Christmas, and then as we start getting closer to spring, the light goes on. They start playing better. They start catching up, and all of a sudden, a Cleveland Cavaliers team that wasn't even a playoff team is suddenly right there in the thick of it. They get a two seed. They get a three seed. Okay, That was great when LeBron was in the East. That's not the case anymore. The problem for them making that big comeback down the stretch, the West is way less forgiving. When you're over there and you're off night, you're playing a Phoenix or a Sacramento or maybe a Minnesota, that's tough to scrape out wins. So Lakers fans can't be dependent on that happening. Again, it's not about this season. If the Lakers even make the playoffs this year, yeah, you're in okay shape. Then you see what you do in the offseason. Can you go get a couple more pieces? You don't have the pieces yet. This Lakers team right now is all about expectations. If they're unrealistic and you think you're contending this year, then yes, it's a train wreck. If they're realistic and you're saying, no, we're looking at next year, maybe even the year after, then I think the Lakers are actually going to be okay. They can start getting some more pieces. They can start to contend. And more importantly, maybe you start to see the Warriors, the Rockets take a step back and the Lakers can pass them by. This season is not the test. Unless you were unrealistic from the start. Then, yes, it's a complete disaster. Hey, coming back, we are going to continue our Thursday sports media overreactions of the week. I am hearing there is a surefire way to fix the Jacksonville Jaguars, and it has nothing to do with Eli Manning. And I'm also hearing that some people are claiming they apparently have a crystal ball. But I'm not sure I believe it. Hey, just a quick reminder that if you have any shopping you need to do, and I hate to bring this up, I really do, but Christmas is coming quickly. I know you don't want to think about that, but it is coming quickly. You might want to head over to LootCrate.com forward slash Daily Dose, where you can find the latest pop culture collectibles featuring your favorite TV shows, movies, and video games. November's Loot Crate theme is now out. It is called Laboratory. Some truths can only be found ...under a microscope. Countless experiments in the Loot Crate Laboratory... ...have yielded a collection of cutting-edge gear... ...that exists beyond mortality. Are you ready for the next step? Hey, November's Loot Crate theme features items from... ...Bioshock, Westworld, and Better Call Saul... ...but if none of those franchises interest you... ...remember, you can go to Loot Crate. You can choose from a huge selection of crates. You can pick a monthly subscription of crates... ...that you can order or skip every single month... ...if you like what they're offering... Or you can just go over to Loot Crate and pick individual items to order. And trust me, they have just about any franchise you can think of. The best part about ordering from Loot Crate, when you check out, just be sure you type Daily Dose in the coupon box. We are going to get you 10% off of your order, just as a little thank you for tuning into the Daily Dose each and every day. So let's continue with some of the biggest sports media overreactions that we are getting this week. One of the things that I'm hearing is that with the struggles of Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback Blake Bortles, The Jaguars should just do what makes sense. Just pick up a phone, call Colin Kaepernick, fix your team. You have a defense that should be playing better, but they're completely thrown off by the horrible offense. Go get Colin Kaepernick. He can get you in the playoffs. You can be contending for a Super Bowl. You know, it's kind of funny. Last week I was on vacation, and while on vacation... We played a few older Daily Dose episodes. Those are from back in 2014. Four years ago. And what were we talking about here at the Daily Dose? We were saying, like verbatim, what in the world is wrong with Colin Kaepernick? Dude is awful. He can't throw. All he can do is run around. He cannot hit an open target. At the time, the San Francisco 49ers are falling apart and it is because Colin Kaepernick looks terrible. That was back in 2014. That was four years ago. Then he had the shoulder surgery in 2015. And in 2015 and in 2016, he couldn't beat out Blaine Gabbert for the starting job in San Francisco. So someone please tell me, how is this guy, the guy that looked terrible four years ago, that's kind of forgotten because of the political stuff. I mean, think about it. How is this the guy that is going to save a franchise? Every single time we see a quarterback struggle, the first thing thrown out, go get Colin Kaepernick. Remember, for his career, he completed just 59% of his passes. But you know what? No, I'm going to change this up. I'm actually for this move. From now on, I want teams to go sign Colin Kaepernick. Someone please sign Kaepernick. Jacksonville, please sign Kaepernick just so I can stop hearing about it. I'm sick of hearing about it. Go sign him when he completes like 52% of his passes and you still can't win. And he throws too many interceptions and you still look horrible. At least then it will be done because I'm sick of hearing about it. I don't know when Colin Kaepernick became the end all be all quarterback. That's going to fix everyone's problems. He wasn't good back four years ago. Now suddenly he's better. Speaking of going on vacation, you know, I told you on Monday, went down to Puerto Vallarta last week, took some time off with the family, just went on vacation, just went and hung out, relaxed on the beach. Great trip. But I do have to tell a little bit of a story from our trip. Okay. I know I'm not trying to like pull out the slides and show you anything like that, but I've got to tell you a little bit of a story from the trip. So I'm sitting in the resort bar. I'm watching my Broncos get beat by the Rams. What was that? Two Sundays ago or whatever. And this dude Comes walking into the bar. He's wearing his Chiefs hat. Of course, he's got it on backwards. And he sees me wearing a Broncos shirt. Comes directly to me. He's going to start talking some trash. And he's saying, Hey, dude, the Chiefs are going to kill the Patriots tonight. I just put $300 on them at the casino across the street. Straight up. No points. Chiefs are going to beat the Patriots in Gillette. I'm going to win $300. Remember? That was the Sunday night game that week. Really, really fun game. I said, hey, yeah. You should be okay. You've got a good team this year. And... It is October, and we all know the Chiefs do (laughs) most of their winning in September and October. So you should have a chance to hold on to that money, right? Now, he's maybe a little too drunk to realize I'm making fun of him. And then he goes on to tell me that Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill are absolutely unstoppable and that he knew when he saw Mahomes back in college, he was going to be great. Now, why am I telling you this story? Because I am actually starting to hear some of the sports media world spin this as well. I knew Patrick Mahomes was going to be great. Clear back at Texas Tech. Did you? Because no one was saying that prior to his draft pick. No one was saying, hey, I'm all in on this Patrick Mahomes guy. No one believes a thing that we see from Texas Tech quarterbacks. Think of the quarterbacks that have come out of Texas Tech that have put up huge numbers. Davis Webb, Taylor Potts, Graham Harrell, Cody Hodges, B.J. Simmons. Remember B.J. Simmons? He was lighting the world on fire. No one believed any of it. We're like, yeah, that's just what they do at Texas Tech. They throw the ball over the place. They put up these huge numbers, but they're not NFL guys. Now, suddenly, I'm hearing this drunk Yahoo down in Mexico and the sports media world telling me that they had spotted Mahomes, that he was actually the diamond in the rough? Give me a break. I don't believe that for one single second. I am calling BS on that. No one was saying anything about him prior to the draft other than, I don't know, he's a Texas Tech guy. You know how that goes. That was all they were saying. So yeah, I'm going to go ahead and call BS on that. And by the way, just to finish the story, when the Chiefs took that late lead on the long pass from Mahomes to Tyreek Hill, this clown in the bar is running around the bar Yelling like an idiot. He stops at me, the Broncos fan, and is doing the, I told you, I told you they were unstoppable. And I stopped him. I said, hey, 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 hold on one second. Your defense is a problem. This game is not over. And then, of course, we saw Tom Brady march the New England Patriots down the field, win the game, and this dope lost 300 bucks. Last I saw, and I'm not making this up, I have a few witnesses. Last I saw, dude had taken his Chiefs hat and had thrown it across the bar and walked out. There's a little gem from my trip to Puerto Vallarta. Our final sports media overreaction of the week comes from the Dallas Cowboys. And what we are hearing is that the Dallas Cowboys getting wide receiver Amari Cooper from the Oakland Raiders is an absolute steal. They needed another weapon, and Cooper's potential was totally untapped in Oakland. This could be the shot in the arm that the Dallas Cowboys offense desperately needs. Well, yeah, I mean, they do need a wide receiver. And Amari Cooper is only 24 years old, but there are a few catches here. First is the subject of, you know, catching, which Amari Cooper isn't doing so good at. He drops a lot of footballs. That's pretty important for a wide receiver, right? Second is the fact that Amari Cooper is due a pretty hefty pay raise this year. You know, the benefit to getting a player in the draft is not only that you get a young player that you can mold and do whatever with, it is also the fact that they are cheap. Cooper's not going to be cheap for long. Finally, it's not like this Dallas Cowboys offense is some high-powered machine. I mean, ideally, the Dallas Cowboys would run the ball like 35 times a game. They would throw it like 15 to 18 times a game. And if they did that, I do think Dak Prescott could be somewhat effective if you use him correctly, which Jason Garrett rarely ever does. But if you think the addition of Amari Cooper means now you can just open things up and fire the ball around 40 times a game, I hate to tell you, but you can expect the exact same results that you've been seeing. The Dallas Cowboys offense is going to struggle. The only difference? You have a little bit of a faster guy on the edge. Now, I don't have a ton of faith in the Raiders to capitalize on all those draft picks they're getting, That hasn't been their history. We know their history. It hasn't been great. But I still think that picks in the NFL draft have value. And I don't think the Dallas Cowboys got much value for theirs. Hey, tomorrow is Friday. And, of course, we will be looking at the latest sports news and stories. And we will have our preview of the weekend in sports. Plus, as we do on most Fridays, we will be bringing you our Daily Dose Top 5. You know you've got to tune in for that. have to say thank you all so much for listening to the Daily Dose each and every day. Thank you for the feedback, for the questions, and the suggestions. Thank you so much for sharing the show. It is appreciated. Have to say thank you to JSP. Could not do any of this without you. I will see you all tomorrow. Have a great Thursday.